0: Hi, my name is Kayla and this is Feel Good Murders and thank you so much for joining me today because today we have a very special surprise bonus episode. For a little context, if you've been here since the beginning, you know that when the idea of doing a podcast first started, it was going to be something that my mom and I were just going to do for fun. Her and I really like to talk about true crime. It's something that we bond over. So what we were going to do is we were going to sit down and record ourselves, and I was going to tell her a case, and she would react and ask questions, and it was just going to be for fun. Before we could get around to doing that, life gave us a pretty major bump in the road. After about a year of symptoms, my mom ended up in the emergency room, and after five days there, we were given the news that she has cancer. So I ended up recording the very first episode of Feel Good Murders and came up with the name, and I recorded it in hopes that it would distract her from what was going on while she was just sitting in a hospital bed, and I was hoping that it would help her feel better. Hence the name, Feel Good Murders. She absolutely loved it, and she encouraged me to really go for it with the podcast, so that's why we're here today. And it's been a few months since then, and she has handled chemotherapy like a champ. Maybe occasionally she gets cranky, (laughs) but we love her, and that's to be expected. Today, though, today is April 10th, which means that my mom will be going through her very last round of chemotherapy. I get to be with her today through the process, and honestly, I'll probably be sitting right next to her when this releases, because she doesn't know I'm doing this, and she won't know until it releases, so it's a surprise. So to celebrate finally getting to the end of this part of the journey, we have a very special bonus episode. So let's get started. Today I'm going to be telling you about Jolly Jane, and I picked this episode because Jolly Jane was a nurse. And mom, by the end of this episode, you will be thankful that you don't have nurses treating you who are like Jolly Jane. So Jane was actually born Honora Kelly. Her first name was spelled H-O-N-O-R-A, and I'm going to pronounce it as Honora because I don't really know how it's pronounced. But she was born on March 31st in 1854 in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh yeah, we're going way back. I love to do historical true crime for my bonus episodes because I just think they're, they're just kind of interesting, and sometimes it's fun to go back into history. So she was the daughter of Irish immigrants Bridget and Peter Kelly. When Honora was little, she really didn't have a good life. Sadly, her mother died of tuberculosis when she was young, so that left her and her siblings with their father, who was not a good guy. Peter Kelly was a tailor, and he was an alcoholic. The children sustained a lot of abuse from him, and eventually, at one point, he just straight up lost his mind. He even sewed his own eyelids shut. So people started referring to Peter Kelly as Kelly the Crack, as in crackpot. In 1860, Peter ended up taking his two youngest daughters, 8-year-old Delia and 6-year-old Honora at the time, to the Boston Female Asylum, and he surrendered them there. The Boston Female Asylum was an orphanage for girls, and sadly, that's where their father abandoned them. Well, maybe not sadly, because their father was abusive. They did have one older sister named Nellie, who was not committed to the orphanage, but was committed to an insane asylum, so that's not great either. So there's not really any record of Delia and Honora's time at the orphanage, but sadly little Delia would later go on to become a prostitute. And two years after their father abandoned them, Honora was selected to become an indentured servant. The family that selected Honora was the Toppin family, Mrs. Anne Toppin and Mr. Lowell Toppin and their daughter Elizabeth. I think it was common at the time for indentured servants to take on the last name of the family that they serve, so her last name then became Toppin. But remember her first name is still Honora at that point. But For some reason, at this time, people had issues with Irish immigrants, so the Toppins were like, you know what, we want you to distance yourself from your family as much as possible, we'll say that your family died at sea, and we're gonna pass you off as an Italian girl. So then her name became Jane Toppin, and I'm going to refer to her as Jane for the rest of the episode. So it sounds like the Toppins gave Jane a pretty normal life, but she was still seen as a servant, so she was kind of seen as lesser than, but. Jane was a good student at school, she had lots of friends, but apparently got, quote, unattractively fat, so, okay. But anyway, Jane did have some issues about her. She would kind of make up stories about her life to sound more interesting, more exciting. For example, she would say that her parents sailed around the world, she said that her sister married into royalty and she would even say that her brother was honored by Abraham Lincoln himself after the battle at Gettysburg. She's a kid at this point, so I don't really blame her because, I mean, she's just trying to make herself believe that her reality isn't real, so in a way, I kind of get it. But at this point, people don't even know that these stories are false, so they're just kind of like, wow, Jane, that's amazing. When Jane was 18, she did graduate from high school, and the choppins did release her from her indenture, but paid her, so she stayed as a servant at the house. Not long after that, the mother Anne Toppin passed away and Elizabeth kind of took on the role as the woman of the house, and she still treated Jane like a servant, but it's said that she was nicer to Jane than Anne was. So fast forward, when Jane was 33 years old in 1887, she started nursing school. She was training at the Cambridge Hospital and it's said that Jane was really nice to be around. She was friendly, outgoing, and this is where she earned the nickname Jolly Jane. This wouldn't last long though because Jane Janie girl, she would continue to make up stories and people were starting to catch on. She allegedly began stealing small items from her co-workers. She talked mad trash about people, so people really just started to not like her. And, apparently, Jane was a little too into the autopsies. She was obsessed, actually. And, fun fact about me, I have actually seen an autopsy, two autopsies actually, and in one day. And it was gross, and I observed from as far of a distance as I could. But the coroners, for example, that I observed, they were totally comfortable with it. I mean, it is their job, and they've done it a million times, and somebody has to do it. But it sounds like maybe Jane was a little bit too obsessed, and it went way past just being interested in human anatomy. So Jane, as a nurse, she would have a few favorite patients, and typically these were patients that were elderly and sick, but what nobody knew was that Jane was performing experiments on her favorite patients using morphine and atropine. Basically, what she was doing was messing with the dosages just to see what it would do to the patient. So basically, she would have them dozing in and out of consciousness until they passed away, and she would make up fake charts, and nobody knew. And this part is so disturbing. There was one patient named Amelia, and Jane was her nurse at the hospital. And unfortunately, Amelia would become victim to Jane's experimentation. And as she started to drift off into consciousness, Jane climbed into bed with her and started kissing her all over her face, just like a mother would with a baby. So that's kind of messed up, Jane. That's really disturbing. In 1889, Jane was actually recommended to work at the Massachusetts General Hospital, which was pretty prestigious, but she ended up getting fired a year later. She briefly went back to Cambridge Hospital, but was fired for handing out opiates recklessly. So she took her nursing talents to become a private nurse for wealthy families. And this is where she would begin her infamous poisonous killing spree. She got a taste for damaging lives when she was a hospital nurse but now she really went for it. And remember, at this time, Jane was still seen as a highly skilled and highly regarded nurse. And also, just a little note here, Jane reportedly was making $25 a week, whereas women at this time typically made $5 a week, if anything at all. I mean, most, the vast majority of women were housewives at this point, so she was highly regarded, she was making money, and she must have felt like she was on top of the world. Her first victims were her elderly landlord and his wife, and for Jane, those two just got to, quote, feeble and fussy and old and cranky. So she poisoned both of them to death one by one. In 1889, a 70-year-old woman named Mary got sick and went to Cambridge Hospital. The doctor that was treating her said, you know what, I'm going to bring in my best nurse for you. So he brought in Jolly Jane, and sure enough, Jane poisoned Mary to death. So Jane kept getting away with all of this because, remember, they're elderly and already sick so it was pretty much expected that they were going to die, especially in this time. So nobody ever suspected Jane of foul play. That is, until Jane went a little too far. In 1901, Jane moved in with a man named Alden Davis and his family. Alden had hired Jane to take care of him since his wife had passed away. And by the way, Alden's wife passed away because Jane had already killed her, and it would only be a matter of weeks before Jane killed Alden as well. But she didn't stop there. She not only killed him, but she killed Alden's sister Edna and two of his daughters. I mean, why, Jane? Why? So the family members of Alden's and the rest of the victims were concerned about how much of their family died on Jane's watch. So they got really suspicious and they ordered an autopsy to be done on Minnie, one of Eldon's daughters. So the autopsy results came back and found that Minnie had been poisoned to death with morphine and atropine. And Jane is really the only reasonable suspect at this point, so the police begin watching her, and on October 29th, 1901, Jane was arrested for murder. Her trial was in 1902, and she had eventually confessed to killing 31 patients, maybe as many as 100. And why, you ask? Why did Jane kill so many people? Well, According to Jane, one source I found said that Jane did all of this because she was mad that her boyfriend broke up with her when she was 16. She said, quote, If I had been a married woman, I probably would not have killed all of those people. Seems reasonable, Jane. So when I was reading this, I thought, okay, so obviously she was executed for her crimes, right? Well, think again, because after an eight-hour trial and 27 minutes of deliberation, the jury found Jane Toppin not guilty by reason of insanity. So she wasn't executed, but she did spend the rest of her life at the Taunton State Hospital until she eventually passed away in 1938. And one more thing to note, remember how I said that Jane had gotten into bed with the patient Amelia, and she was kind of holding her and kissing her all over her face? Well, she actually did that with many of her patients, if not all of them. And it was found that her getting into bed with her patients was a sexual gratification for Jane. And Jane said this herself. This is from Wikipedia. It says, quote, Under questioning, she stated that she derived a sexual thrill from patients being near death, coming back to life, and then dying again. So she's really messed up. Jane is considered an angel of mercy, which is basically a classification of serial killer, where the killer takes on the role of a caretaker and kills the victim who is in their care. And that is the disturbing story of the many murders of Jane Toppin, a.k.a. Jolly Jane. I hope you enjoyed today's special bonus episode, and especially for my mom, I hope it distracted you from what you have going on today. Mom, I love you, and thank you, as always, for all of your support. I'll see you next time. Be good and feel good. Bye!